Hi, I'm Agum Malwach. And I'm Aaron B. And you're listening to Braided, a podcast from the Artful Dodges Studios. Braided is a podcast that threads together intimate, challenging, and triumphant stories of people here at the studios. Our lives aren't straightforward and our stories aren't simple. This episode, we hear a piece by Aaron B. Aaron is a singer, songwriter, and we are going to hear about his story today. For all of us, there's always a story with us. But to know everyone's story is different. And to have the courage to speak about it is another one. And so Aaron's story today will make you think and make you reflect on your own and your own strength as well. I will stop talking and I'll let you listen for yourself. Here is Double-Aged Sword. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Most of the songs that I write about are just scenarios that have happened to me. A lot of people have said, like, you're very emotive. And it's not its not to do with my ability to hold a note or how to perfectly do a run. It's the tone in my voice. I just, I know what pain is. I just know what it's like to hurt. Well, I tried, oh, I tried. You by my side, see And I think singing serves me as well as others. Because when I sing, it's relief, it's therapy, it's like, yes, like, I'm getting my emotions out the way that I feel comfortable and I know how, and it's not by talking. I always write a lot of songs about the past because it's easier for me to reflect when it's already happened. I was born in Shepparton, which is about three hours from Melbourne. The very, very first thing that I can remember, just around the age of two, I moved into a new house. And I was just in my bedroom and I was laying on the floor and I was just picking the carpet and I was just singing away my own little songs, my own world. I just knew that I was just like singing and making up my own things. And my chosen career path was always going to be this one. I actually didn't learn to play guitar until I was about 16. I just had a difficult time growing up. So when 
I wanted things like materialistic items. It was pretty much like a no-go, like nothing. I asked my mum for a guitar once and she was like, why do you need that? <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I don't need it then. <laughs> the trauma that my mother had received growing up herself, it just bounced over to me. And we, yeah, we used to get in like a lot of fights and it wasn't a safe environment, which is why through like the weekends before I started school, I had to go to like foster care and stuff, like respite, having like the one person that you're supposed to trust the most, like betray that trust. That just kind of tarnished my trust all together completely in people. When I was conceived, my father was married with a daughter already. And then I came along and then he went back to his wife and had another kid. I only met them once and it was at like a swimming pool in like Aquamoves or something. My mum just introduced me and she was like, hey, this is your brother and sister. And I was like, what? Oh, hi. <laughs> it was just really awkward and uncomfortable because I was talking to people who were related to me by blood, but I had no idea who they were. All I know is that I am a Yorta Yorta man. But because I didn't grow up culturally, I'm not connected. It's really, really hard for me to see, like, looking from the outside in. Like, that's pretty much my life. I did not make any friends until I hit about year seven. The thing that I'm always thinking is that, oh, I'm clearly just like not good enough for, you know, their time or whatever. My best friend, well, his name's Harry. We actually hated each other the first time we met. <laughs> I was really into sport. I hated doing schoolwork and I just want to get out of the class and sport was the only fun activity, the fun thing to do. Harry just wasn't motivated and I was just like, are you kidding me? Why can't you just hit the ball? Like, it's not that hard, you know? Like, <laughs> Then it kind of swapped and I found music and he was really into soccer and art and everything like that. It was just, it was really funny. We just started hanging out. We were both weird, creatively weird. And you could tell, you can definitely tell. We used to hang outside of school a lot because Harry lived like maybe about 900 metres away or something, like a 900 metre walk. We just used to hang out mostly at, uh, at the Shep Lake, just walk around there, <laughs> go to the skate park. <laughs> Even though skate park and everything like wasn't my scene, I still enjoyed my time there and because I guess it wasn't really about what I was doing, it was just because I had a friend.
when things were getting really hard at home, like living there, I moved out at 17. My mother and I got into this big fight, which got physical. And that was the moment where I was like, nah, that's it. I can't, I can't be here anymore. I only really understood later on what one of her illnesses were, like borderline personality disorder. And it was just hard because 80% of the time I was dealing with the child. That was when I moved in with my nan. And you know what? I was like, hey, nan, can I have a guitar? She was like, really? You want one? I was like, yeah. I was like, all right. And so I'm pretty sure I had to save up myself to get a guitar. The first song I ever wrote um, was very influenced by my surroundings, being in a Christian school as well as a private school. I just turned 18 and I was at school and literally no one remembered my birthday or they just didn't seem to be phased. And like, I didn't feel like I was good enough. I was pretty much crying (laughs) at the fact that like no one had seemed to wish me happy birthday. I'm pretty sure Harry probably did, but you know, that was expected, like he had to. (laughs) But then, yeah, I had art later on. My teacher, she understood that music was my art and she knew obviously how upset I was and everything like that. And I was just like, I don't really feel like doing anything. I kind of just want to play guitar. And thus I created my first real, connected, emotional song. I wrote a really sad song with a really good hook. It's like four words per line. I don't want to hurt no more, no more. I don't want to feel no more, no more. I don't want to cry no more, no more. I don't want it. I wrote this song about good and evil. And how, like, good always wins. Ironic, right? Walking all alone on stony ground. I can hardly see my soul around. By the darkness, pain of misery. I just want to be happy. I don't want to hurt no more, no more. I don't want to feel no more, no more. I don't want to cry no more, no more. I don't want to hate. I wasn't the best math student. I wasn't even the best sports player, science, anything. Really, I couldn't even do music theory in high school. The only thing that I knew was that I just wanted to be a performer. 
I didn't want to sit exams, but I wanted to get into university. I was just sitting, cleaning my room and I was like, shit, what am I going to do? And then this flyer falls out, out of my cupboard as I was cleaning, literally on my lap. And it said collards. And it was for a Bachelor of Music Performance. And I was like, join. And I was like reading through it. And then, you know what? It said the magic thing. No ATAR required. Because I didn't have to sit exams for it. I, I went in for my interview straight away. And it happened. And it was doing something that I loved, that I loved to do. I was the first in my class to officially be accepted into a university. It was a little bit sweet. So I moved to Melbourne at 21 to start my music degree. I originally looked for a place uh, in Footscray on Paisley Street and then I was rejected. So I didn't have anywhere to live really and I needed to for university. And so my nan actually had a cousin and her name was Shirley. She took me in and fed me and gave me a roof over my head. We got along really well. She was really nice. She was a very loving and caring person. She was like, just make sure that you save. You don't have to pay rent. You don't have to, you know, buy food or anything. Like, just make sure you save up. And then, obviously, I moved out on my own and then I became broke. <laughs> I guess the thing that I really love about Melbourne is... Ironically, I kind of feel safe here. I feel really safe. And like, who wants to give that up? So around the time when I moved to Melbourne and I was studying you know, my songwriting course and everything, I wrote, wrote a little diddly um, about my mum. And the song was called Mama. It's basically just a snapshot of my childhood. Mama, please don't hit me. I promise I'll be good. I can't take your violence. Leaves me breathless on the floor And I know you can't help it You were hurt too I just wish that I could Have the childhood you did Tears you up inside, but that's on you forever.
played the song for my mum. She was like, yeah, it's the truth. Like, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna have a go at you for... telling the truth. That was pretty big. She was in a lot of therapy and stuff over the over the time and really stepped up into herself and like now she she has a job and she's like in work placement and stuff like she's really stepped up but those years those childhood years are the most important ones because they set a precedent for how you're going to live your life and for how you're going to view people all I ever see when I first really like meet someone I'm always going to be like standoffish and shy and reserved until I know that I can feel comfortable around them my first date my first ever date was on the day Australia said yes to gay marriage it was a pretty um respectful relationship it was a really decent one for a first experience we sang together i was playing guitar on the bed and we just sang i think it was a britney song Took a ship from a devil's cub Slowly it's taking over me Too high, can't come down Losing my head, spinning around the road Do you feel me now? With the taste of your lips, I'm on a Too toxic, and I love what you do. Don't you know that you're toxic? Don't you know that you're toxic? Intoxicate me now. Will you love me now? I think I'm ready now. I think I'm ready now. Intoxicate me now. Will you love me now? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready now It wasn't that long, but it felt long for me, I guess, because, you know, whenever you do something for the first time, it feels like you're in that moment forever. But we just weren't compatible. My housemate and I, we went to an APRA event. It was for First Nations people, which we both are. And through that, uh, I had met Neil Morris, also known as Dreaming Now. Through that connection, later on, my housemate and I went to one of his gigs and he came up to me and he said, I heard some of your stuff and I'd really like to play you 
on the radio on my program that he has and I was just I was very thrown back I was like what like you don't play me on the radio like oh all right (laughs) he put my song smoke of sin on the air that's kind of the kickstart of my career I guess just went up and up from there just shut up, get out, out of my head The pain you inside fills my heart with dread Buried deep within In my smoke of sin Just shut up, get out, out of my head The pain you inside fills my heart with dread Buried deep within In my smoke of sin If I hadn't experienced the things I had growing up, then this would not be my chosen career field. Or maybe it would be, and I wouldn't be at the level I am now. Because there needs to be a beautiful relationship between singing and emotion. And there has to be that perfect blend of singing your heart out. So it's pretty much a double-edged sword. You have to go through pain to be able to convey it. And with my voice, it's about relatability and how I can make people understand and feel the way that I've felt. And in doing so, realizing that you're never alone because someone is always going through what you are. Wish you the best in life And although we may not see each other, it's alright And I hope that you found what you're looking for In your life, now I'm not here anymore The black cloud hangs over you and me It's so hard but I can't blame anybody I tried to give you all my love But my love, it wasn't enough Hello. Hi, Aaron. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Look at your (laughs) musical voice. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's so like, it's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) What genre of music would you describe your music as? It's kind of changed a little bit from first, from first when I started out, I guess, looking at being a performer and everything. It was more based around like the pop pop genre so is it uh r&b no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 definitely not that was just a happy accident <laughs> r&b <laughs> it is <laughs> um i wouldn't really define a specific genre you know because like the first song i wrote i guess was kind of country yeah well when i, I decided had the con- to country vibe change yeah 
but then I had something else that I don't even know. <laughs> but it's it's really good. I, um, that style of music um, was the you know the one I built upon. I just mm. built upon the chords, and that yeah. was the music that came out. And that's that's kind of what I do. I guess it's not really looking at a specific genre. It's just um, what can I build around the chords that I'm playing. Mm. You open up with this story and told a lot of details about your life. The stuff that I didn't know about you. I've seen you in the studio, but hearing this today, I was like, well, that's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) You know, where you mentioned that, you know, until you trust somebody, you don't open up easily. And thank you for talking to me like this. (laughs) (laughs) I was glad to hear it, really. That's, That's really brave to share that. Has anything changed? Like, why did you decide to open up this time? It's kind of like a self-actualization thing. You know, you know, when you speak out a problem, you start to realize things yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it was just kind of a bit of an eye opener, and it was like, bam, mm-hmm. open the doors. And <laughs> That's you did well. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> did you feel any differently about it? Not really. It was more just like the after effects that I experienced yeah. opening up. <laughs> You're just like, oh, crap. What did <laughs> yeah, I just say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, trust me, I've, I've done that a few times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what did, it, what did opening up do for you? It kind of just made me realize like a lot of things and... Mm. I guess opening like that door just kind of made me like really depressed. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, how? Like, ah, uh, I wasn't like leaving my bedroom. Yeah. You know, just randomly getting like angry for no reason, no triggers, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, when I was listening to your podcast, I, I felt like we relate in some way. Mm-hmm. I personally have gone through a lot. And I have to say, it does take time to even talk out and speak out about these things. And I'm, I have to say, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Very, very proud of you. So the podcast is a lot of, it does put you in spot. You had to get out and share all these things about yourself, your family. How does that sit with you? Like, um, is, is that okay? Like, yeah, obviously. I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do in the end. And I guess this is just more for me. It's not really. For them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Again, I'd like to say you've done well. Um, I wish you all the best, Aaron. Thank you. Double-Edged Sword was produced by Aaron B. with Michelle Macklem. And this is our final episode of Season 1. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with our second season in 2020. Stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram for updates. On Twitter, we are at BraidedPod. On Insta, we are Artful underscore Dodges. Braided is a production by the Artful Dodgers Studios. The production team includes Michelle McClum, Jay Kranz, Joel Supple, Bethany Atkinson-Quainton, 
John Chia, Louise Terry, and Angeliki Androsopoulos. All the music in this episode is by Aaron B, except for the outro music that's playing now, The Desolates. The podcast is hosted by myself along with Aaron B. For more about Braided, visit our website, ratedpodcast.com.